0: Uh, Well friends, uh, one of the happiest places I have ever been to was the playground of my son's school a few years ago. Uh, All the children had been uh, on a school excursion to the zoo, Uh, they were due to arrive back uh, at the school at 3pm, and so uh, all the parents uh, uh, were congregated in the playground uh, to pick up their children. Uh, We waited with anticipation for our children to return and tell us about their exciting day. But the bus carrying the children did not arrive. Uh, At ten past three, you could see some of the parents getting uh, slightly worried. Uh, At twenty past three, you could see real anxiety on some of the, uh, the parents' faces. And so you can imagine the delight when at half past three they saw the bus uh, coming around the corner. And as soon as the bus stopped, the children ran off the bus uh, into the open arms of their parents who were waiting to greet them. It was the happiest place on earth. Uh, Now, I want to suggest to you this morning that at the heart of the Christian faith lies the great news that disciples of Jesus... Have a Father in heaven who has open arms. If you belong to Jesus, well, you have a Father in heaven who has welcomed you uh, into His open arms and is generous and loving and caring towards you. And uh, we've seen this in the Sermon on the Mount, haven't we, that we've been uh, looking together for the past few months. Uh, I'm not sure whether I've mentioned this before, but right at the centre, Of the Sermon on the Mount, uh, right at the heart of uh, the the three chapters uh, in Matthew's Gospel, lies the Lord's Prayer, where the disciples of Jesus are encouraged to pray to their Father in heaven, who loves them and cares for them. However, after the Lord's Prayer, uh, Jesus has been speaking about uh, the things that can threaten the relationship that disciples can enjoy with their Father in Heaven. These are the things that can happen if you forget that your Father in Heaven is the one who loves you and cares for you. And so, for example, we've seen that you can end up serving money and trying to build up your treasure on earth rather than serving God and building treasure in Heaven. You can end up being anxious about the things of this world. Uh, What what will I wear? What will I eat? What will I drink? Rather than trusting your Father in heaven who cares for you and provides for you. But today, uh, notice that Jesus speaks about another thing that can threaten your relationship uh, that, that we enjoy with the Father in heaven. And that is judgmentalism. Judgmentalism. Uh, In chapter 7, verse 1, he says, Judge not that you be not judged. Judge not that you be not judged. Now, uh, Jesus here is not saying uh, that disciples of Jesus are never to use their critical faculties or never to speak uh, speak out against false teaching or ungodly behaviour. Uh, For if you glance down at verse 6, you'll notice there that Jesus encourages his disciples to beware of dogs and pigs, which will necessarily involve the disciples in making uh, a discernment as to who are these people who are dogs and pigs. Further, uh, later in this chapter, Jesus encourages his disciples to discern uh, those who are false teachers. But what Jesus is speaking about here is he's speaking against a hypocritical, fault-finding, condemning attitude that disciples can have towards other disciples. He's speaking against the hypocritical, fault-finding, condemning attitude that disciples can have towards other disciples. Judgmentalism is a sure sign that there is something wrong with our hearts. And our relationship with our Father in heaven, and that we need to go to the great physician, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ Himself, to find the cure. But what is the cure to judgmentalism? Uh, well, you can see there, friends, that uh, Jesus at this point pulls out two things from His medicine drawer. Uh, the first thing that Jesus says, is that you and I need to be reminded of the judgment to come. You and I need to be reminded of the judgment to come. You can see it there in verse 1, can't you? Uh, have a look at, with me at verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Uh, now Jesus uh, could be speaking here about uh, a horizontal Uh, kind of judgment you know uh, if you become known as somebody who is hypercritical about everyone else then don't be surprised if everyone else applies that same standard to you Uh, and don't be surprised if you don't have any friends Uh, we all know that person don't we who seems to be critical about everyone else uh, and everything else except for themselves and they are just no fun to be with, frankly. It's actually emotionally draining spending time with people like this, isn't it? But I think uh, Jesus here is, is uh, more talking about the fact that one day, you and I will end up before the judgment seat of God himself. And if we have been judgmental and fault-finding and condemning of others... What Jesus says is, do not be surprised if God condemns you on that day. For the person who is continually judgmental is the one who does not know the Father in heaven, who has been gracious and merciful, not just to you and me, but to all of his children. And so how can we then stand over others? As their judge, when God Himself has been merciful to them. But the second thing that Jesus pulls out of His medicine drawer, uh, uh, like we saw in our kids' talk, is a mirror. Uh, he pulls out a mirror. And to the one who is judgmental, He says, to take a good, hard look at yourself in the mirror. Uh, You can see it there in verse 3, can't you? Verse 3, why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when there is the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Uh, the speck there is a little bit of dust that can get into your eye and cause irritation. The plank uh, is one of those uh, heavy beams that is used in construction work. Um, I, don't, I don't think we see a beam uh, up on the ceiling, but uh, actually we do. Uh, if you look up on the ceiling, it's one of those big beams that runs through the roof. Uh, it's a comical image, I mean, uh, imagine if you were an optometrist and uh, you have a patient in the waiting room uh, waiting to get their eyes checked because uh, she has something in her eye that is causing her irritation and blurry vision. Uh, Imagine the horror when you walk into the room and uh, she notices that you have this huge plank coming out of your own eye. Uh, How can you possibly help somebody to see better when you have this huge plank coming out of your own eye, when your own vision is highly impaired? Uh, Friends, uh, are you and I judgmental towards others? Well, if we are, Jesus says, you hypocrite. You need to take a good, hard look at yourself in the mirror and see just how sinful and rebellious you are towards God, and I am towards God. You see, it's not just the problem of others. It's actually a problem with you and, and with me. It's my problem. It's like a log in the eye that needs to be taken out. It's like a huge debt that we cannot pay back. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, says that it is only those who realise how much of a problem they have, how spiritually bankrupt we really are before God who will go to Jesus for the cure, who will go to Jesus and beg for forgiveness and mercy to have their debt cancelled. But those who have had such a large debt cancelled will not be the ones who are judgmental towards others, will they? condemning others because of their debts. What are the things that we can be judgmental about? Uh, Well, here are some common ones, I think, that often arise uh, in our conversations um, with others or perhaps even with our spouses on the way home from church in the car. Uh, We can be judgmental in a setting like this about other parents, how they raise their children, the behaviour of their children, how many children they have. Or we can be judgmental about money, uh, how much money they have, what car they drive, what they spend their money on. Or we can be judgmental about church, how much others serve at church or how little others serve at church. Um, How often someone comes to church what others wear to church, perhaps. A few years ago, I decided to um, ditch the tie um, in order to not appear too different uh, to other people at church. And uh, I was very thankful that no one judged me or complained about that. Uh, I might come next week in shorts and a t-shirt and uh, we'll see how we go. Uh, but, But you see what Jesus is saying here, don't you? Uh, He's saying that disciples of Jesus are not to be judgmental because actually, uh, whether we're going uh, well in our Christian lives or whether we're struggling and lagging behind, God has shown mercy to all his children. And if he doesn't judge you, then what right do we have to judge others? Uh, Now, Jesus uh, has just spoken against judgmentalism but uh, this is actually something that can be taken the wrong way, can't it? Uh, In our world, uh, it's almost taboo to say anything negative about another person's choices or behaviour. Is that right? Um, It's often seen as the opposite of tolerance to say that another person is wrong. And so the temptation for many Christians, I think, is to be like the world and to say nothing or to have no opinion about the behaviour of other Christian brothers and sisters. But Jesus is not commanding this kind of thing. Uh, One commentator says that Jesus certainly does not command his disciples uh, to be amorphous, undiscerning blobs who never under any circumstance whatever hold any opinions about right and wrong. And so, uh, you'll see there that after Jesus speaks about judgmentalism, uh, he gives a little lesson on discernment. A little lesson on discernment. You can see it there in verse 6. He says in verse 6, Do not give dogs what is holy, and do not throw your pearls to pigs, lest they trample them underfoot and turn to attack you. Uh, The holy things and the pearls, uh, I think, represent the good news of the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it's the precious gospel message that is more precious than any precious jewel. Uh, the dogs that you see there uh, are not the little Maltese terriers that snuggle up next to you and you know want their belly rubbed. No, um, they are the semi-wild hounds that roamed uh, the, the, the streets of the ancient cities with their vicious teeth salivating after blood. Uh, The pigs there that you see uh, are not the little cuddly creatures like Piglet in Winnie the Pooh. Uh, No, they are the wild pigs of Jesus' day that were considered unclean by the Jews. Uh, Now, who are these dogs and pigs? Well, in Jesus' time, they were the unbelieving Gentiles or non-Jews. In fact, later in Matthew's Gospel, we see Jesus referring... um, to a Gentile woman, as a dog. <laughs> uh, he wasn't very politically correct, was Jesus. However, uh, it's not as though Jesus is telling his disciples never to tell Gentiles or unbelievers the gospel. For, if you remember, at the, at the end of, this, uh, of Matthew's gospel, uh, Jesus actually gives the Great Commission, doesn't he? He tells his disciples to actually go to the Gentiles, go to the nations, and make disciples... Uh, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. But friends, if somebody refuses the gospel again and again and again, then perhaps there comes a time when disciples of Jesus need to wipe their feet clean and move on. If someone keeps on trampling on the precious pearl of the gospel, then perhaps there comes a time when we need to cease to speak the gospel to them. Uh, I'm told that in some forests in America, uh, and we have some uh, friends from America here this morning, so they might be able to tell me whether this is true or not. Uh, In some forests of America, there are signs that say, don't feed the bears. Is that right? Good. Um, (laughs) Apparently, uh, what happens is that if you give these bears food and uh, they don't actually like the food that you give them, (laughs) uh, they can then turn around and rip you to pieces. Uh, You don't want to be confronted with an angry bear. Uh, I know a person who is kind of like this with gospel. Uh, I've tried numerous times to share uh, the gospel with, uh, uh, with this friend. But every time I mention the gospel, well, he treats what I say with hostility and contempt and viciousness. He, he kind of almost bristles at the neck every time I mention the word Jesus. And so perhaps Jesus would say that there comes a time to stop holding out the gospel to these people, if all they are going to do is keep on trampling on the precious pearl. Now, I just want to be really clear about this. I don't think Jesus is saying that we stop telling the gospel to all people who reject it. We will find that people reject the gospel all the time. But I think he is talking about people who are particularly hostile to, and treat the gospel with great contempt and hostility. But even then, and I have a concern for him, but I think, but I think I'll, I'll think why I hold out the precious pearl of the gospel to him again. Uh, William Taylor, who is a well-known English minister, makes uh, a wise observation from uh, this passage. Uh, he says that perhaps an implication of what Jesus says here is that Christians need to learn how not to suck up to the world. Uh, So often Christians have cheapened the gospel in order to be more accepted by the world because we have felt insecure. But what Jesus is saying is that your Father in heaven has actually given you the most precious thing in the world, the thing that gives you great security. He has given you the pearl of the gospel itself. And so you and I do not need to ingratiate ourselves to the world if the world will treat this pearl with contempt. Well, friends, uh, we've been thinking of the things that can threaten the relationship uh, that disciples have with their Father in heaven. Uh, We've seen the danger of judgmentalism. We've seen the danger of a lack of discernment. But in the next few verses, uh, Jesus speaks about the danger of a lack of persistence in trusting God. The danger of a lack of persistence in trusting God. Uh, Often you see people for whom being a Christian is just a fad. Uh, You know, they get excited about being a person and uh, they might even to grow rapidly at first. But then they fizzle out and they become, become like plants that shoot up quickly but then withers when it gets hot because they do not have much uh, depth um, and and roots. And so uh, notice that Jesus tells his disciples to be persistent and in particular to be persistent in prayer. Uh, You can see it there in verse 7. Verse 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Notice what is being promised here to disciples of Jesus. Uh, Firstly, Jesus says that God will always be there for you. Uh, Secondly, he promises that the door will always be opened to you. And thirdly, he promises that you will always receive an answer in prayer. Uh, I was speaking to a father uh, in this congregation a while back, and uh, I remember him saying that every time he goes to Kmart, he can't help but walk out with um, a present for his daughter. Uh, it's almost a reflex action for him. Um, he, he, he walks out and uh, even without his knowledge he seems to be walking out with a soft cuddly toy or, um, uh, or, or a doll or something that he has brought for his daughter. Now uh, imagine if this same father brought back Things that are harmful for his daughter. Uh, Perhaps he he, he buys a packet of rat poison or um, a set of knives uh, or a hammer. It's almost unthinkable, isn't it, that that would happen? For even earthly fathers know how to give good gifts to their children. And uh, Jesus here, notice, argues from the lesser to the greater. He says, uh, if even you as a sinful father know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? But what if I've been praying and I still haven't received what I'm asking for? Uh, I've been persisting in prayer But uh, God doesn't seem to be giving me the things that I ask for. I've been asking and I've been seeking and I've been knocking, but I just haven't received the things that are on my heart. Uh, When I was a little boy, I remember asking my dad if I could drive the car. Uh, He said no. (laughs) Uh, The year after I asked again, he said no again. And in fact, I think I asked him every year until I was 16. And then he finally let me drive the car with my mother. Um, I don't think he wanted to get in the same car with me. But, but you see, uh, that, my dad said no year after year after year after year because he loved me. Uh, he didn't want to risk my life and his life Um, or the life of others by giving me the things that I ask for. And uh, that's the point here, isn't it? We are to persistently ask our Father in Heaven for good things, but trusting that He is the one who knows best for us. God will always be there. The door will always be open. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you will always receive an answer. Uh, It may be no, but you can know that the Father in heaven will generously give you what is best for you. I think that the good things that Jesus is talking about here are really the things of the kingdom. Um, the comfort uh, that the Beatitudes talks about is the comfort of sins forgiven. Uh, the inheritance that the meek inherit is the sense of heavenly treasure. He's talking about the mercy of God. He's uh, talking about seeing God. He's talking about having peace with God. If you ask for these things, says Jesus, watch the Father open the floodgates as he answers with a yes. Now, uh, we don't have time to look at uh, uh, all of uh, what comes next. But notice that uh, those who are the recipients of God's generosity in the good gifts that he gives to us will also be the ones who are generous towards others. And so Jesus says in uh, verse 12, if you have a look at verse 12, he says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Uh, it's a tragedy that many people remember these words of Jesus in the negative. Uh, some people think that Jesus taught that you shouldn't do to others what you don't want done to yourself. Is that right? Uh, lots of people uh, put it in those, in, in those words. And so, uh, if you don't want anyone to murder you, make sure you don't murder others. If you don't want others to steal from you, then don't steal from others. If you don't want others to say nasty things about you, then make sure you don't say nasty things to others. But notice that that's actually not what Jesus says here. It's not just about not doing bad things. Uh, that's actually the way of the hypocrite, isn't it? It's the hypocrite, as we've, seen, as we've been seeing all along, who just wants to do the bare minimum. <laughs> I don't want to murder anyone. Uh... I don't steal from anyone. But actually, what Jesus is saying here is that you are to positively do good. Not negatively don't do bad things, but positively do good. Jesus says, whatever you wish that others would do to you, you do to others. For this is the law and the prophets. For the kingdom of heaven is the fulfilment of of all that the law and the prophets were pointing forward to. And so if you and I belong to this kingdom, then we won't be the ones who just do the bare minimum, not murdering, not stealing, but we will be the ones who learn to be generous towards others, just like our Father in heaven. And so, friends, how do you want to be treated? Do you want people to love you? Well, friends... Let's go and love others. Do we want others to appreciate us? Then perhaps we ought to go out and appreciate and notice others. Do we want people to be gentle with us in the way they speak to us? Perhaps we should be gentle to others as well. Uh, Perhaps we might want to take a moment And just reflect on how we want others to treat us. Perhaps what we can do is make a bit of a list uh, on our outlines about how we want others to treat us. And uh, when we have that list, go and do the same to others. And uh, morning tea would be a great place to start. Uh, Well, friends, uh, we began this morning by seeing that at the heart of the Christian faith lies the great news that if you and I follow the Lord Jesus Christ and are his disciples, then we have a Father in heaven who has welcomed us with open arms and who loves us and cares for us. Uh, We've seen over the past few weeks, haven't we, some of the symptoms that show when this relationship is not healthy. Uh, Serving money, being anxious, being judgmental, being undiscerning, having a lack of perseverance. Uh, But friends, uh, as I close, uh, I just want us to see how wonderfully liberating knowing our Father in Heaven is really like. You see, knowing the Father in Heaven, who has given me the treasure of Heaven itself, frees me from being a slave to money and the things of this world, and gives me the joy of serving him. Knowing the Father in heaven, who knows my needs and cares for me, even more than the birds and the flowers, means that I can be free from being anxious about my daily needs. Knowing the Father, who has shown a great sinner like me nothing but kindness and mercy, frees me from being judgmental towards others. Knowing the Father in heaven, Who is willing to give me good things means that I can persevere in trusting prayer, being generous to others as he has been generous to me. What a wonderful thing it is, friends, to know this Father in heaven. Do you know this Father? If you don't yet know this Father, then today is the perfect day to put your trust in Jesus and to be united with him as your king for in being for in being united with Jesus the son means that we also have the great joy and the privilege of calling his father our father let's pray Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you so much uh, for uh, giving us your spirit who enables us to call you Abba Father. Uh, We thank you that through the gospel uh, of our Lord Jesus Christ you have welcomed us into your kingdom with open arms. Uh, We thank you, Father, for the mercy uh, that you have shown to sinners like us And we thank you that you are uh, not only able, but so generously willing uh, to give us the good things of the kingdom. And so, Father, we pray this morning that we would uh, know you better and to see you more clearly so that we can live as disciples of Jesus uh, and as sons uh, of uh, your kingdom, being generous towards others as you have been generous towards us. Uh, Father, help us not to be judgmental towards one another and sit in condemnation of one another, knowing that you have not condemned us through the blood of the cross. And we pray, Father, that you would help us to uh, do to others uh, the things that we would like to be done to us, uh, treating others with the kind of generosity and kindness that you have shown to us in the gospel. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.